Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with a special guest, our youth pastor, Sam. Today we begin a new conversation around Lent, the 46-day season leading up to Easter, talking about Ash Wednesday and the meaning of Lent. Once again, the timing is slayed. The timing's impeccable. <laughs> Welcome, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Glad this to is, be here and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, as we'll talk about today, happy Ash Wednesday. Um, it'll be, well, not, maybe not so happy, you know, as you'll find out today. <laughs> it's just like a weird thing that Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day are on the same day. It's a slightly weird thing. But yeah, um, today marks the start of Lent. Um, and I'm sure many of you are like, what the heck is Lent? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as you and I are talking about, there was a, a Christianity Today article from 2008, and the article just basically said, though Lent is still devoutly observed in some mainline Protestant mm. denominations, others hardly mention it at all. Yeah. So what are we doing what, what with are we doing? the ashes? We, and yeah, I know. What, what's happening? I, I actually love that it says that, like, you know, some people are like devout about it. And so you have like, you know, many Protestant traditions and denominations that are like, yeah, Lent's the thing. And then other people are like, what the heck is a Lent? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, that the, like the fabric, like on your clothing that you need <laughs> a brush lint? to get off. <laughs> you know, Ash Wednesday is all about like you get ashes on your shirt and then you get a Lent roller and you right, take it you off. just brush it um, off. No, yeah. So the, we want to go through Lent um, just in our podcast here because, um, you know, we are one of those traditions, denominations that doesn't really talk about Lent or think about Lent. Um, and I think most of us only have experience with Lent if we have any sort of like Catholic or, um, you know, Lutheran, you know, those, those traditions that, that practice that, sure. that, that practice Lent, like, uh, Anglican. And I think some Methodists do maybe, um, I'm not sure all of the people that do it, but if we have some kind of background in that, we might know a little bit about it, but most of us don't have any concept of that. And so, um, I think there's a very beautiful thing to pull away from Lent. Um, you know, there's, I'm personally a big fan of the church calendar. Um, and I think, you know, it was developed out of a really beautiful insight and purpose, um, mm. to, to have seasons of repentance and seasons of lament and then seasons of celebration, you know, like, um, having a time and a season for every, every sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, for I, our listeners, can you get us going? What, where did Lent come from? When was it yeah. maybe abouts first started to become yes. a practice in the church? So Lent, uh, there are debates on when it exactly like it, the organized season itself was established. Um, but you know, we find fasting in the days leading up to Easter in the earliest churches. So Lent is basically a, a 40 day season of, of penitence, um, or an action of feeling, showing sorrow and regret for having like done some sort of wrong. Mm. Um, and so they do this by fasting, abstaining from things, prayer, repentance, uh, minimizing their possessions, serving with the poor. Um, I mean, technically it's 46 days from Easter, but they don't include Sundays. So that's why it's like the 40 day. Sure. Um, and, and even some traditions apparently will ultimately go to the point of saying, okay, we're actually going to practice that, including Saturdays, but then we're right. going to take the day off. And then the numbers, yeah, are the, the numbers, the, the numbers get all over the place, but, but the goal number is basically that 40, like the 40 is that symbolic number, you know, coming from scripture, Moses fasted for 40 days before getting the law from Yahweh and Elijah fasted and prayed for 40 days before meeting with God on, on Mount Horeb and 
Jesus himself fasted for 40 days in the wilderness before his ministry. Like there's this number 40 of praying and fasting of like centering your heart, preparing your heart for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they would do that leading up to Easter. Um, And so this, this fasting, this praying, the centering yourself, repenting, acknowledging your lack and your need for him. uh, It seems to be the way to prepare for an outpouring of God's spirit in some like big way. Sure. so that's been a theme in in the life of our church, prepare for an outpouring. A uh, question I was thinking about when it comes to Lent, and maybe some of our listeners may be thinking about it too. If we're talking about preparing for an outpouring, we had the live recording of a, a beautiful album yeah. that came out from yourself and Pastor yeah. Maddie and others with Outpour. But if if someone is basically, whether they're Christian or not, they're looking at Lent or they're looking maybe specifically at Ash Wednesday, you know, they're they're making the sign of the cross with the ashes mm-hmm. on themselves. We're talking about mourning and reflecting of sin, um, may it be that it comes across as we're just identifying ourselves as sinners. We're just mm. so focused on our on our depravity as people. Maybe if that's a, a question, or maybe that's what a listener might be thinking yeah. of, okay, we're, we're really only focusing on the negative, then why even do yeah. it at all? Which I used to have that thought as well. I used to think through that of just like, man, we dedicate 40 days to man, I suck. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because that then you no look sense. at like, like there's no on, condemnation yeah, in Christ. We're, we're on this side of of, you know, the resurrection, like, why are we dwelling on that? Um, but I think there's something beautiful about it to like a specific season mm. for that of like reminding ourselves of that state, um, to then make the joy of the resurrection all the more sweet. Mm. Um, and there's like a, it's, it comes back to that, you know, Ecclesiastes, like there's a time and a season for, for everything. Yeah. And so I think this is a good way to have like an intentional time, um, you know, to do that. So like take that and bring it into the, your concept of Lent. Like that's what Lent is. It's this time to, to solemnly reflect on our need for God, um, to repent, to ask for mercy, to fast, abstain, and pray. Um, and it's all as a way to prepare and center our hearts in anticipation for the glory and joy that comes on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, in fact, many traditions will abstain from saying hallelujah completely like until Easter from Ash Wednesday right. to Easter. Like, and I've gone to a church that was like this, where it was like, we won't do a song that says hallelujah because we just want to intentionally like posture ourselves in this kind of like, um, like father, we are sorry. Like, Lord, we are repentant. Um, Lord, we lament the brokenness that we see in the world. We lament these things. Um, and it, it's an intentional posture that you're putting yourself into leading up to the joy and like getting up and just having this huge grin on Easter. Um, and so Ash Wednesday, uh, which is today is the first day of this season. Um, and so in a little brief intro into Ash Wednesday itself, but, uh, in earliest traditions and some denominations still do this, um, the palm fronds. Okay. So palm fronds are used on Palm Sunday to celebrate and remember Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. And then the palm fronds that were that were used, you know, they would use them on the Sunday morning and the priest would bless them and stuff. And uh, they were kept. They would keep them at the, the church through the next year until what is called Shrove Tuesday, which I didn't even, had even heard of Never that until recently. It, yeah. um, so Shrove Tuesday, also known as, which we probably heard of, Mardi, Mardi Gras, Gras. Um, which you may be familiar with, all right? It's French for Fat Tuesday. <laughs> um, but it's all, this, this Shrove Tuesday is also called Pancake Tuesday or Pancake Day. It's, weird thing i don't know uh, sounds but like that's, the next communion meal i know right it's here the day it's the day before ash wednesday um and it's like this big feast where you eat the sweets and the foods that you won't have you'll abstain from during lent and oftentimes pancakes for some reason are like one of the main foods that are there i could not tell you 
why that's a thing. Um, but during this feast and celebration, there would be time for confession and absolution, you know, the confessing of sins and then declaring God's forgiveness of them being like, yes, like we rejoice and we feast. And then at this feast on Shrove Tuesday, they would then take the palm fronds from last Palm Sunday and burn them. And like this big old bonfire, the purpose of the burning them, I'm not sure what the original symbolism of it was. But then on Ash Wednesday, they would take the ashes from the palm fronds and use those uh, and they would press them into the shape of a cross on the heads of the worshipers. Um, and so you might see some churches around town um, that have like Ash Wednesday services or Lenten services. Um, but at an Ash Wednesday service, that's what happens. It's a worship service. That's, it's pretty solemn. And there's a time when ashes are received on the forehead or some people get it like on their hand if they don't want it on their head. Um, and as the, priest, as the priest or deacon or whoever places the ashes on the forehead, uh, they would say the words, repent and believe the gospel. Mm. Or they would say, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return which comes from Genesis 3, 19, reminding us of our mortality. And so it's like uh, you get this, this symbol placed on your head or on your hand with, the, with ashes, which is already just kind of like this kind of intense image already that we just think of just like as a mortality and the, um, the you know, it's, it's loss, it, it, it's fleeting, it's gone. Um, what once was a palm frond is now just ash. Um, and it's just this reminder of just like our own mortality and our own shortcoming right. um, that then postures us into like a, we need Jesus. Mm. Like we need God. We need God to be among us. We need God to be with us. We need God to save us. Um, and so Ash Wednesday is kind of intense uh, because of that. You know, it's like kind of this solemn thing where we're just like, yeah, to dust we shall return. <laughs> like it's like a really weird thing. Um, but I think it's really beautiful though, because there's this, I think so often, especially in like the, the modern Western church, like, and this isn't a bad thing. This isn't a bad thing that we have a lot of joy, but we spend so much time, like almost all of our airtime being like, God is good. Jesus rose from the dead and we're all happy and life is great. Woohoo. You know, like we're all just like super hype right. um, all the time. And there's nothing wrong with, with hype. There's nothing wrong with joy. There's nothing like Jesus did raise from the dead. We should celebrate that. That is all true things. But I think we're missing this piece of lament um, of the brokenness that is there. Um, and so, I mean, for me personally, I think that that's part of the reason some people are um, maybe a little bit turned off by Christianity is that there's almost like a um, not realistic joy. You know, like I, I, you know, there, there are, there's this joy that's like, yeah, but your day sucked and you're not even going to acknowledge it. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, this court, so this sort of season allows us to acknowledge that, to acknowledge like the, yes, there is joy, but the joy isn't fully complete yet. Like right. we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. We still have bad days. Like we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room that like we still mess up. Yeah, that's such a problem being, especially with you and I both being uh, Gen Z, you know, you look at ultimately we get so hung up on like we want instant results. Yeah, we want immediate results. Absolutely. We have all of these streaming streaming platforms where we can get whatever show we want instantly. And at the same time, we so much are, are focused and fixated on an outcome, but mm. not the promise. Right. We want we want the outcome from God. We want the results yeah. instantly, and we're not willing to wait on the promise. And it's mm. it's tough because then when you look at that, 
an outcome will always leave you wanting more. Yeah. You you get that th- whatever it is, you get that new job, you yeah, you give in on a on a sin. You get yeah. this little momentary high. The outcome is focused on a result. The mm. promise is focused on a person. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. And so, yeah, I, you make a great point. Like that is, that's why we love that joy. We love that high. We love that, and we don't want to dwell on the fact that, like, yeah, it's going to take time. But because we don't want to dwell on that, that creates then an inauthenticity, right, in us of like, a, I'm just going to neglect the bad things. I'm going to neglect the things that are going on in my life. I'm going to neglect the process. And I'm just going to act like everything is okay. Yeah, and it leads to such an and incomplete it, picture yes, of the gospel. It, it's an incomplete picture of the gospel. And it ultimately, like, it then deceives yourself into, um, you know, it. I think the best way to put it is that, like, it lowers the ceiling of where your life with God can go. Mm. Because, go more on that. What do you mean? Be, because you're you're at a point where you're like, if you're neglecting the process, if you're neglecting any sort of um, expansive life with God because you don't want to dwell on those things, because you don't want to think about them and you'd rather just live in this like, woohoo, woohoo. Um, like, unfortunately, God works in a slow way. God works in the process. God works through whole life transformation. God works in the long haul. And so if you're neglecting the long haul, you're neglecting God's way. Right. Like you're neglecting God's transformation. And so ultimately you're lowering the ceiling of the life with God that you desire. The life with God that you desire and the life with God that you are able to have, you are lowering because you're neglecting his process. You're yeah, neglecting you miss his out way. on the quality of a yes. life with God because you're focused on quantities elsewhere. Yes, you're like, man, I just I just want to live this this whole thing right now, you know? And God's like, but I'm inviting you into something that's so much deeper and so much more whole. Um, yeah, and it's intimate and we don't want that. We want, yeah. I, when I talk with students about the timing and the will of God, we want a microwave God where it's like, I can press yes. the 30 second button and it's done. Yeah. Like Jennifer Baker, God, God is bringing God is that a... pulled pork to our office today. <laughs> like we just, she did not toss that in a microwave yeah. and boom, it's done. She put it in a crock pot. Yeah. We have a crock pot God. Yeah. Slow. We have, but we have a slow The cooker. result is great. We've got a smoker. Like a smoker mm. that you put like the meat in it like the day before and it's like it's cooking. Yeah, like this is for dinner tomorrow evening, you know, and it's like 8 a.m. the day before, you know, <laughs> like that's the kind of God we have. It's slow moving, but it's holistic. Right. Um, that's a great analogy because if you put like meat in a smoker, like you can taste the the smoke through like every part of the meat. But if you put something in a microwave, there are times when like the middle will still be cold. Right. Ooh. I mean, it gets warm and you can eat fast. Ooh. Cool. But it's ugh. that's a good analogy. Bad. That's great. Like God desires this holistic life change transformation, you know. And so I think when we neglect to look at some of these parts of ourselves and we neglect to lament, we neglect those things. Um, we neglect our sin. Um, we then are not allowing God to enter into those spaces. Mm. Um, you know. A lot of church fathers and, you know, uh, spiritual giants that have just kind of paved the way for spiritual formation in particular, um, they often say, they often relate the spiritual disciplines as like making space, um, like creating space for God. Uh, and that, you know, when when we create this this space here, we empty things out, we take things out of our lives and create a space that God is then able to fill it. But if we don't, then God won't fill it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like it's it's like we have to give God the permission and the space to do His work, to do His work, His cleaning and His His fixing up. 
um, in us. And so if we, like I said, if we neglect these parts of our life, if we neglect these things, if we neglect repentance and sin, then we we then don't allow God into that space. Right. And I think that's really, really important that we do that. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about, we'll get into this in a, in a few weeks as well. Um, as you know, over the next however many weeks, um, I think it's four or so, um, we'll be talking about different practices of Lent. So like prayer, silence and solitude, um, fasting, you know, abstaining, um, you know, serving with the poor, you know, uh, decluttering your life and minimizing, you know, things that you have, um, you know, all these different practices. We'll talk more about all of those. But um, one thing I do want to take note of is like fasting versus abstaining. Um, and so, you know, part of the reason for that specifically in Lent is, you know, for the purpose of like going to God and saying, I'm going to give this up, you know, in order to have greater intimacy with you. Um, you know, and, and the hunger that I feel, you know, if you're fasting and you're, you're not eating, um, you know, a lot of people will fast from sunup to sundown right. um, each day of Lent, um, you know, minus Sabbath. Um, and so they'll, they'll fast. And so the hunger that they feel, they'll say, like, I'm going to turn that towards God and this hunger for God. Um, I would rather have intimacy with God than have food right now. Um, mm. That is the deeper hunger of my soul. Um, and so, you know, abstaining is that same way of just like, you know, I'm going to give up social media. I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up whatever. And every time that I would want to go to that thing, I'm instead going to go to prayer and I'm going to turn my eyes up to God. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my personal opinion, I think when you give up something for Lent, that's like bad, like a bad thing. And you're like, I'm going to give up, you know, spending all day on social media. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you should give that up anyways. Um, you know, and so <laughs> right. hopefully at the end of Lent, you're like, man, I, you know, Maybe I should just always live like this. Maybe I should always just pray when I have downtime. Um, right. Well, that's something too. It goes back to, you know, you think about the word sacrifice. It costs you something. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about, you know, I'm giving up social media, look at me, you, you know, that was, I look at that and what, what challenges me, cause that's an easy thing to think about. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to delete Instagram. Yep. I'm going to spend an hour less on my phone mm -hmm. and give that hour back to God. It's like on one hand, okay, this is really beneficial for me. But on the other hand, if I'm missing the main reason why I'm doing it, yeah. then I'm just making some like New Year's resolution-esque yeah, thing. and it loses its point. Right. And we don't have a God who's, you know, coming to do like some little cosmetic adjustments. Yeah. We have a God coming to do heart transplants. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it comes back to is, you know, at the beginning of this season of the podcast, we talked about the... um you know, the whole goal of spiritual formation is to become a person of love, to become Christ-like. Mm. Um, and so anything that doesn't lead you to that point, it's not doing its job. Yeah. And so like, if you are abstaining from something, if you are fasting, if you're doing, if you are quote unquote doing Lent, um, and it's not, it's not leading you towards the likeness of Jesus, then you're, something's not right. Um, which is why I would personally encourage, um, if you want to give something up for Lent, if you want to abstain or if you want to fast, um, I would, I think that'd be really great. I encourage you to try it, um, and engage in that somehow. But if you are abstaining, I would recommend abstaining from something that is not a bad thing, but you enjoy doing, yeah. or you enjoy having. For example, you don't have to do this. A couple of years ago, I took a class on prayer and contemplative practices. And we, as a class were assigned, you know, an assignment to give up something for Lent. Um, and then we would check in each week and talk about it. And so Maddie and I, uh, we were both like, 
you know, let's do something extreme. <laughs> let's like go for <laughs> it. And so we both gave up our beds. And wow, so, okay. you know, I'm in a dorm room sleeping on the floor <laughs> for, for all of Lent slept on the floor. Wow. Um, and you know, every time I would lay down on the ground, it was like a reminder, um, you know, of like this, this posture towards God of giving up something. Um, of a sacrifice. Um, I had a friend that gave up uh, hot showers and they took cold showers for all of Lent. Um, and it was for them, it was to remind them that a lot of people don't have hot water. You know, it was like this like deep, mm. like, um, you know, reminder of of the blessings that we have and how we take things for granted, you know. Um, so things like that. You You can find all sorts of different things and come up with all sorts of different ideas of what to abstain from for Lent. But I would recommend doing something that will make you think about it often. Um, and something that isn't inherently bad, like something that like, is not like, man, I've been meaning to give this up. You know, I've been meaning to give up sugar lately, so I'll just do it for Lent. Like, no, like do something that's a little bit more intentional, like make that sacrifice. Like you right. said, it has to have a cost, it has to have a cost of something. Well, like on the subject of sacrifice, you know, those were, those were experiences you and Maddie were talking about from college. I guess what other experiences outside of college do you have involving Lent, like from growing up? And you're yeah. hinting at your tradition a little bit. Yeah. So for me, I went to a Lutheran high school. Um, I think I've shared that before on the podcast, but uh, that's, you know, I, I grew up in a non-denominational home where I'd never heard of Lent. I'd never heard of Advent. I'd never heard of Ash Wednesday. I'd never heard of, you know, a church calendar period. I didn't even know that that existed. Um, and then I show up to this Lutheran high school and boy, was I shocked. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, and I, I even remember being like, is this heresy? Like, is this like, what is happening? Like, yeah. like, why do they do these things? You so know, that was your first you know, impression. It was questioning, yeah, is this even it was, legit? It was like, is this even legit? Like, you know, where in scripture is this? Or like, it was like a, it was a, um, you know, is this necessary for my salvation? You know, because that was just the way my brain was wired. Sure. Um, you know, and it wasn't until later in the game, um, you know, towards my like my senior year and then even into college that I realized like, man, this was this is simply a tradition. It's not really like, you know, it has scriptural basis, mm -hmm. um, but it's not like a, you know, God didn't say observe Lent. You know what I mean? Um, thou shalt observe Lent. <laughs> thou shalt observe Lent. You know, it's not in the Ten Commandments. Um, but Instead, it's it's a uh, a willful posturing of the self mm. into a place to be with God, um, and so it's it's a tradition that's done out of a desire to be with God. And so I was like, man, that's actually pretty beautiful if you look at it like that. Um, and so that's when I started to like really, you know, be interested in Lent and be interested in these things. Um, so that's that's mostly my experience is like a very hesitant, you know, at first, and then I, I walked into it and found that there's you know, some validity to it if you do it sure. right. You know, like if you do it right is the the, the big asterisk there too. If, you know, if if you are hesitant about this, like actually having any effect on you, I would I would tell you to like jump all in, like, mm. jump all in, like abstain from something that like will be a big deal to you. Um, or if you you know want to try fasting, like fast. You know, maybe even if it's not like every single day of Lent, if you know, because that's a lot at first. You know, I wouldn't recommend just like going right in it'll be right. very difficult for you um but like even fasting like once a week or twice a week um until sundown you know just not eating until dinner time and 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 channeling that hunger into a hunger for god and um you know trying to engage with that yeah, I, and cultivating I would say, that into yes, your week 100 cultivating this desire and this this practice um of centering yourself in that way leading up to easter in particular with lent um i just think that could be really valuable if you do it 
um, correctly. Right. So. Yeah, I'm going to riff off of our boy Eugene Peterson here. This <laughs> Love is Eugene uh, Peterson. Listeners, if you don't know who Eugene Peterson is, if you look up the message version of the Bible, it's not a translation. It's a, you know, a paraphrase <laughs> capturing the heart. We got to make that one clear. Is <laughs> not a translation. Uh, nonetheless, Eugene Peterson, one of his books writes, we are far more self-conscious than mm. God-conscious. Mm, and yeah. so when we pray, what we are ordinarily conscious of is that we are getting first with God, mm. right? So again, if that if that routine we're going to, you know, change is something that doesn't really cause us to think, yeah. then why why are we making it in the yeah. first place? You know, I don't you're not offering up like we're not offering up Lent in this in this kickoff of the podcast right. series on Lent just to say like, "Hey, it'd be really cool if you went on the Mercy Road app yeah. for 10 <laughs> minutes instead of Instagram for 10 minutes and yeah. there you go, but it's like hey, here is your midweek yeah. opportunity to listen to this and take this as a yeah. challenge. Yeah, and the goal of this is to be God-conscious. Right. I love that quote. It, it, you know, we are we are very self-conscious, self-thinking. you know, thinking. Far more self-conscious yes. than God-conscious. And so the goal of this is to be God-conscious, is to center ourselves on on God. Um, and, you know, and when we do think of ourselves, just rather than thinking of like, wow, I'm great, thinking of yourself as like a, man, I need God. Yeah. Um, you know, even channeling your thoughts about the self into a God conscious posture. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, to, to close out today, um, uh, I thought it'd be cool to end with an Ash Wednesday liturgy. Um, you know, I, I read this and was like, man, that's really, really good. So, um, so I'm going to read this and then, uh, we'll wrap up. So I encourage you to just kind of meditate on this today. Just take a breath. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and our need for the love and forgiveness shown to us in Jesus Christ. I invite you, therefore, in the name of Christ, to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and penitence, by prayer and fasting, by practicing works of love, and by reading and reflecting on God's holy word. Amen. Amen. So that's what we have for today. Uh, I encourage you to find some way to participate with Lent um, and, and figure out what that looks like for you to become more God conscious in this season leading up to Easter. Um, so yeah, if you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, you know, specifically about Lent even, uh, please let us know. You can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. Uh, and on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community. And you can get a hold of me or Luke or even Sam directly as well if you go to the staff page. So thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.